Welcome to Love Works with Chris and Karen Conley. I'm in studio with my husband and the lead pastor of High Point Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are so glad to be with you today, and we are talking on a topic that is one of Chris's probably greatest passions, and that is the topic of vision as it applies to High Point Church. Well, when I think about vision, it's essential to leadership. But to me personally, I just don't know how people can live without a clear vision. It's what inspires me. It's what causes me to wake up every day with a sense of hope and expectation. So not only does this apply to leaders, but I think vision is essential to every individual in every role of life. Our goal for our time today on this particular podcast is we want to talk about the vision of High Point Church. Maybe someone tuning in who is a high pointer or maybe who someone is not would think, oh, vision, maybe I'll pick another podcast. Why would someone want to listen to the vision of High Point Church? What would come to them? But we are going to take our memorable phrase and we're going to break it down and give you all the backstory behind it and how we turn that vision into a reality. No one cares about vision if it never becomes a reality. Vision's only important if it turns into results. And that is probably our status quo. Generally, when you hear vision, every business has a vision statement and it's somewhere framed that nobody knows. And I think that's what excites me as we are talking is knowing that because of your understanding of leadership and the importance of vision, that there is a compelling vision that is backed up by specific strategy that's alive and working and that we want everybody, especially if you consider yourself a partner of High Point, to know we're all about a lot of things, but never does anything. So a vision is only captivating. It's only compelling when that vision goes from a vision to a strategy to the execution of that strategy that brings about results and ultimately will build a culture because the culture will be the strongest thing about your family and about your organization that builds the repetition into whatever it is that you're leading that will generate results long term. We have talked in previous podcasts about our vision is love works. And if you have been to the physical property of our East Campus, you can see that in big, shiny silver letters that that is our vision. But I want to take people behind the scenes because it was not just a couple words that we came up with, but there is a life behind that statement, love works, that we are going to explore today. And it's important with a vision, and I've learned this from you, that You have to take your context into consideration. I can't decide that I have a vision to be an opera singer when I don't have one ounce of talent. You have to see what you have to work with and see how that lines up with what God has called you to do. So in the context of High Point Church and us having this vision, love works. What are the unique things that you had to consider and to bring into the equation as the one helping shape that vision to decide what that vision would actually look like down the road. Every vision begins with a problem. That sounds kind of odd because you don't initially think about visions being a solution to a problem. But a vision is actually the solution to a problem. And so the context is important because you have to define the problems that are most prevalent in your context. 
Speaking out of church world for just a moment, if we go back in time, Rick Warren, who is the pastor of Saddleback Church, has written The Purpose Driven Church and The Purpose Driven Life. There are so many people who've tried to copy his model. But sometimes what we neglect to understand is that his model, and though there are many transferable principles, his model was really built for a community that was a suburb of L.A., Saddleback. They'll try to take that model and put it in a context that has a whole different set of problems. So when we think about the vision of High Point Church, we have to look at the city of Memphis, and we have to say, what is the context of the city of Memphis, and what are the most dominant problems in the city of Memphis? And so for us, some of the ways that we want to prove that love works is we want to address issues like urban education. That's a problem in this city. How do we improve urban education? Memphis is one of the top five in the country in single parenthood. We want to address and solve that problem. Memphis is a distribution center in a positive way. And we see that with FedEx located here, both through air, we see through the river, we see through railroads, we see through the trucking industry, that it's a distribution center. But that also means there's a drug problem and there's a distribution center for that. How do we solve that problem? So it's essential for us to know our specific context so that we can have a specific vision to address the specific problems in our city so that our vision matters to the people in our city. Well, and I love the fact that we have talked about as a church, if the Lord can use Memphis to birth rock and roll and all of the different successes this city has had in the world of distribution, why could we also not be a distribution center for the gospel? You're exactly right. There are some very unique qualities about where Memphis is located geographically that makes us the Mid-South and makes us a hub for things. In order to be a distribution center, you need to be a hub in Memphis is also known as an aerotropolis. And you said, what is that, Chris? What does that mean? It means that we have a runway system with our airport where we can fly anywhere in the world basically nonstop. It means that we have a roadway system that because of our central location, it's easy for us to move products in and out of here pretty fluently. It means that we have a railroad system, and it means that we have the river. And when you take those things into play, that's why the industry in this city is a distribution center. But then creatively, like you said, I mean, this is the birthplace of rock and roll. It's also the birthplace of blues music with B.B. King. It's the birthplace of soul music with Isaac Hayes and Aretha Franklin and things like that. If God has birthed incredible industries like FedEx and AutoZone and Holiday Inn and the grocery stores with Piggly Wiggly, then why can't he then birth something completely new in the world of church that's going to radically change the way we do church, bring about revival and spiritual awakening for today and tomorrow? And that is our prayer, and that is why we have really tried to seek him as a church to say, what is it that you are uniquely choosing to do through us? You've already talked about the location, but what unique role do you see that God has called us as our body that you would say, okay, everybody within the Memphis 
Mid-South area, God uses each body of believers, but each one has a unique personality, a unique set of giftings, and a unique role to play. What do you see that role to be for High Point? When you do look at the city of Memphis, there is a great history when it comes to church, and there's a great heritage there. We very much want to stand on the shoulders of the great men and women of God who have served the Lord in the city and done incredible things. But at the same time, we also have to be careful at times of how we will allow our traditions to cause the church to get stuck. Sometimes what we do is we make the mistake of turning our traditions into theology. And we just have to be careful and allow theology to be timeless and not to confuse tradition and theology. We can defeat the religious spirit that has accidentally, unintentionally occurred in the city. Because there are times, if we're not careful, all of us can become Pharisees. High Point has a unique opportunity to raise up a new generation of leaders, and they understand the difference between theology and methodology. Theology is timeless. Methodology is timely. So what we must do is we must use a methodology today that communicates theological truths in a timeless way. That is one of the ways that I do believe God has given us a unique role. But in addition to a unique role, God has given us um, through the culture at High Point something that we can't take credit for. But as we look and say, okay, how do we be a good steward of who God has made us to be? I do think there are some unique abilities that we as a body have that we can be a gift to the city. Would you describe what you think those are yourself? Well, you made reference earlier that when it comes to vision, you have to have a talent that matches your vision. You kind of jokingly said that you could want to be an opera singer, but you don't have the talent to be an opera singer. I love music, but everybody knows at High Point I'm tone deaf. I've said for the longest time, I kind of grew up listening to you too, that I'd love to be Bono, but there might be a vision for me to be Bono, but I am never, ever, ever going to bring that vision into reality because I don't have the talent. When we look at the way God has gifted High Point Church and gifted this organization, there is a unique ability for this church to reach the unchurched, for us to reach the de-churched, and yes, even for us to reach the churched community. And that gifting really does occur with the understanding of the difference between theology and methodology, understanding of the difference between substance and style. Now, let me illustrate that for just a moment. In the world of substance, okay, the Bible tells us that the gospel is living water. So when we think about living water, that doesn't change. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That water is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But what we do when we have children is they need milk, right? When they need milk, we give them what they need in an age-appropriate container. So with a baby, the milk comes in a bottle. Then once they grow beyond that stage, we then put it in a sippy cup. When they grow beyond that stage, we put it in a plastic cup. Then as they get a little bit older, we put it in a glass. Imagine the same thing with water. The water is the same. What we do at High Point Church is we keep the water exactly the same. It's the timeless truth. We just simply try to put it in the cup that enables all the different people 
to drink the living water. One of the things that is interesting in how God assembles teams and a group of believers together, for us in our own journey, you didn't grow up in church. In some ways, you missed that heritage growing up, and that's something that you wish you had had. But as God has moved you and called you to ministry, it has also been something that allows you to be able to maybe step back without the filter of this has been my experience and the only thing I've ever known to say, what is it that is going to reach that person that was just like me that didn't grow up in church and they need to hear the timeless truth of God but they needed to hear in a way that they'll listen that it relates to their everyday life and that it's relevant to them that they will give God a chance to pierce through their heart that's a hundred percent right I remember when I was going through seminary that was a completely new experience for me before I went into seminary I had not even read the New Testament all the way through one time I'll never forget that in one particular class, they were trying to teach how to grow Sunday school. And the professor referenced this slogan, a million more in 54. And he was talking about in 1954, they were trying to enroll a million more people in Sunday school in 1954. That's a great little slogan, and it's a great thing for 1954. But I was in seminary in 1997 (laughs) and 98 and 99, 2000. So for me, when I hear something like that, I'm not thinking about what worked in the past. I'm thinking about what will work today. What's unique about the ability that God has given High Point, not only do we have the ability to reach the unchurched, the dechurched, and the church, but we really have a unique ability to reach across educational, economic, and racial lines. And that's very important in this city in particular. Unfortunately, this city has a history that we wish had never happened in the sense that Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in this city. Since that time, we've had our good moments and our bad moments in the world of racial reconciliation. But here's something that God has enabled High Point to do. By us focusing on a perfect place for imperfect people, we have removed race, we have removed economics, we have removed education as barriers. And basically, we've made the common ground is that every single person is imperfect. There's only one perfect God, and that perfect God loves us in our imperfection, and his design and his desire is then to conform us to the image of the one who is perfect. So because we focus on our imperfection, and it's just another way of saying all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, we find common ground. We find sameness. We find equality in our imperfection, and then we find that love in the one who is love, who forgives us, who frees us, and teaches us to love one another. It's a beautiful thing you do. You see God beginning to break down all of those barriers and to have friends that you may not have ever met outside of High Point, but you come together and you do. You have a bond that's already there because of the love of Christ that allows us to make a difference beyond the walls of the church and go back into the city with new friendships and new ways to make a difference. I love the fact that God has been so gracious in that particular way. Let me turn the corner a little bit, and this is a question that I really don't 
don't like to ask because if you know me, one of my strengths is also a weakness, and that's being super responsible. And so I always feel like everything should be a 10. Everything has equal importance, and you can't let go of anything. And yet, at the same time, if you are going to do things in excellence, at some point, you have to narrow your focus. At some point, we as a body can't say we can do everything in excellence. There's just not enough of time of the day or energy. So what are the things that you look at High Point and you say, these are the things that really energize us. These are the things we focus on and it gives us fuel in our tank to keep going and presenting the gospel to the city. When you use the word focus, one of the things that comes to my mind is that focus is simply the process of elimination. In order to have focus, you can't focus on 10 things. And you're exactly right. You can't make everything equal importance. That's especially hard when we're dealing with God's truth and we're dealing with God's mission. What we have to know is that we are just simply one team with many, many other teams in the sense that we're one church, but we're not the only church called to reach the city of Memphis. We're working with God's other churches, and those churches are going to have specific strengths, specific abilities in ways that they play their role to accomplish the greater mission of God. For us, some of the things that we do best is we narrow our focus on Sunday morning. Because if we have a great Sunday morning experience, it's the equivalent of saying a rising tide rises all boats. When you have a great Sunday morning experience, it gives you the ability to have greatness in other areas. But if you don't have a great Sunday morning experience, then it really doesn't matter if you're great in other areas because, unfortunately, the Sunday morning experience will, over time, sink the other boats. What we do on Sunday morning is we really speak to the family of God with a guest in mind. And we are partnering with people in the process of evangelism. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to grow the believer, but we're also trying to speak to the unbeliever. And we're trying to create a place where our believers, the followers of Christ, have complete and total confidence that they can invite a guest and that we will partner with them in the process of evangelism in such a way that they can be completely confident that that guest will experience a safe place to hear a dangerous message. Their guest will take one step toward Christ. That may not be the day they trust Christ, but they'll at least take one step toward Christ. And maybe we'll create a place so irresistible that even though they don't believe this stuff yet, they'll want to come back and they want to learn more. And it's important for us to understand that salvation comes by faith in Christ through grace, right? So as we think about that, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Sunday mornings are everything. But if it's Sunday morning alone, then we're just an event and we're not a church. So what we've got to do is we've got to move people from Sunday mornings into relationship. We've got to move them into a place where they have friendships because friendships really determine the direction and the quality of one's life. And when you look at what the Bible says about friendships, in particular in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says that we need to draw near to God together. We need to hold fast to God together. We need to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And then we need to encourage one another together. That's the importance of friendship. So we got to move out of the big sunny morning environment and we got to move into these groups where we can do life together. 
one of the things that I love about the culture created at High Point. It's easy to find your church and get real comfortable and you're you're used to things. Everything's very familiar and you just kind of know the routine and you know what to expect. Two things that I love. One is we like to have variety and we like to have things so it doesn't become a routine. But I also love the fact that we really try to keep our partners and ourselves always alert to the view of a guest to know that there is always somebody's first time. And if you've traveled any, it's summertime right now while we're recording this podcast and maybe you're away on vacation and you end up visiting something apart from your local church. It's amazing how different that experience is. And as you go in and you don't know where to go and you don't know when to sit and to stand and all of the things that are familiar, that is another way that we can be very intentional to go, okay, we want to see this through the eyes of someone who needs to hear the message of Christ and make sure there's nothing that they come across during that experience that they don't get or understand and that they feel completely welcome and at home. When you think about the vision, we're proving that love works. We're proving that love works to two groups of people, those who don't know Christ yet and those who already know Christ. The way the Bible presents that frequently, it's in this dynamic where the scripture says, come and see. So let's come and see who Jesus is. Let's come and see what he has to say. And then once we have come and seen, and once we've heard, let's go and tell. Come and see, go and tell. Come and see, go and tell. So that's all about Sunday morning, but then it's about moving people through next steps into some type of class where they can build friendships. But in order to have groups and classes, you got to have leadership development. And leadership development is everything because everything rises and falls on leadership. And as we have tried to narrow our focus, we have narrowed it even more. Instead of just focusing on everyone, we've said, you know what? If we win in the area of the teens and the 20s, we'll win everywhere. If we win with people 13 to 30 years of age, if we can see revival and spiritual awakening in the teens and 20s, everybody not in the teens and 20s will be happy that we're winning in the teens and 20s. And it will be so contagious of what's happening in the teens and 20s. We believe it'll happen elsewhere. So here's a visual picture for you. Sometimes visions are overwhelming and they're so big that it feels like you can't ever accomplish it. And I equate it to this. It's like trying to boil the ocean. It's impossible to get the ocean hot enough to boil the entire ocean. But if I take a pot of water out of the ocean and I put that pot of water on some heat, then I can begin to boil that. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the teens and we're trying to take the 20s and we're going to try to boil that water. All right. We're going to see something great happen there. Then as we do that, we're also going to focus on the area of marriage because we believe that if we can start marriages right, if we can strengthen them for a lifetime, and if we can save bored, bruised and broken marriages, we will change people's lives, people's families, people's legacies. We'll change this country and we'll touch the world. That brings us to the end of our time for this particular podcast. There's a lot more that we want to be able to talk about, and we will pick up next time. But if you would like more information on anything that we have shared today, encourage you to go to highpointmemphis.com or chrisconley.net or karenconley.com. Feel free to follow either of our blogs. But whatever you do, please remember that love God plus love people equals love works. 